the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob Fretz. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for waking up and joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. I am going to go under the assumption you actually woke up quite a while ago. You were probably listening to Hugh Hewitt, which is uh, is a good idea. No question about that. But thank you for being with us as we get your morning started uh, here on Always Right Radio. Wow, what an unbelievable weekend. And whether I'm talking about the weather or the Trump rally in Delaware, I don't know. Because I say, what a weekend with two very different meanings uh, because of those things. One of them was extraordinarily exciting and energetic and uh, vibrant. And the other one was the Trump rally. Yeah, I mean, the, the weather was phenomenal. It was extraordinary. It was exciting. It was vibrant. 80 degrees plus both uh, 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 Saturday and Sunday. Oh, my goodness. My wife and I got out on a bike trail for the first time. Uh, we got new bikes during the uh, during the cold spell, figuring we're going to wait till the weather warms, or we're going to get out there and and ride and enjoy ourselves. We did that. We got the grill out. We got the patio furniture out. Got the lawn taken care of. It was a beautiful weekend. It was exciting. Went out a few times, and then, of course, now it's going to drop down to raining and freezing for the rest of the week. So, <laughs> uh, no, the weekend was great in terms of the weather and in terms of some activity. Great weekend in terms of. I sound like Kamala Harris now with all the in terms of. Sorry. Uh, uh, going back to Saturday, Saturday's uh, uh, event in Medina County, or Medina County, I should say Medina, with Medina County friends and neighbors, Lisa Woods' wonderful organization, which, which I was uh, privileged to be able to address 
on Saturday. Really talked to some great Patriots, had a great time there as well. And we talked about a lot of what we're going to talk about to start this show today. So when I say that there were some you know, dynamic events happening this weekend, most of it having to do with the weather and the other part being the Trump rally, this is, this is the hard part. The recognition and the understanding that sometimes, sometimes the hero can forget his role in the grand scheme of things and actually become the villain. Sometimes, depending on the circumstances that present themselves, the swamp drainer can become a swamp dweller. And what we heard from a stage in Delaware on Saturday was an example of that. And not just what we heard from that stage and from that podium, but the things that preceded it um, are very, very disconcerting, to say the least. Infuriating and disgusting, to say the most. And you decide where you are on that scale. But I don't think it goes any less than disconcerting, or concerning, for that matter. And I'm going to dive into it, because it needs to be addressed. And it needs to be addressed honestly. Um, it's not going to make some people happy. But you need to listen, and need to, you need to understand. The man that we have praised really for four years of unimaginable success in the face of unimaginable opposition. The man who who cut our taxes, rebuilt our military, normalized uh, the trade imbalance with, with China. The man who, who brought, protected the Second Amendment, built a border wall, at least as much as could be done in four years, supported and secured America's security and sovereignty. The man who did all of those things, again, in spite of the most extraordinary opposition and cheating and lies and corruption and impeachments over nothing, surviving the Russian collusion hoax, the man who did all of those things that we have cheered for the last five and a half years, the four years of his presidency, and now the first year and a half-ish, of the Brandon presidency, that man has departed. That man has stepped off of the stage, and he has been replaced by somebody who looks like him, who sounds like him, but is not acting like him. Not at all. And we need to address that. And before we do, and before I give you the depth of what we are talking about, I want to go ahead and ask us to or ask you, rather, as patriots, to join me. And go ahead and rise, if you would. Face your flag, wherever it might be. Put your hand on your heart and join us for our pledge, if you are still a Brandon supporter. And if you are a supporter of Biden 24, that is now what is coming from Biden and the White House, that he wants to run for re-election in 24. He can't tie his shoes in term one here in 2022, and they want him to shuffle through four more after this. It's really, quite frankly, some of the greatest news I've ever heard. 
Because regardless of the Republican nominee, if he is going to defend his first term based on the way things are now and the shellacking he's about to take coming up in November in the midterm elections, if he wants to defend that and say, give me four more, I say bring it. That would be a phenomenal thing. But if you're a supporter of that, well, then you're not a supporter of this country anyway. So you don't have to t- you don't have to stand and say this pledge. If you want, go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, my friends, 14 minutes after the hour. I'm just going to have to lay this out. Um, I've been hinting about this ever since Saturday and ever since I talked to some people who had firsthand accounts of what was said and what was done. After talking to people that I trust who are sources and others who are uh, connected to sources, um, what happened on Saturday was simply unconscionable and, in my view, unforgivable. President Trump was already in a lot of hot water with a lot of conservatives for his endorsement of J.D. Vance. You know it and I know it. Talked to J.D. about it last week on this program. Talked to a lot of you about it. Talked to a lot of Mandel supporters, a lot of Gibbon supporters. They're livid that President Trump would nominate, or excuse me, not nominate, would endorse a rhino Senate candidate like J.D. Vance, who has expressed nothing but contempt for him and for the the movement of America First. So this is not breaking news. We know that President Trump was in trouble with some conservatives over that endorsement. I addressed that, by the way, uh, on Saturday morning with my crowd at uh, Medina County Friends and Neighbors. And I asked a whole lot of angry people, because I asked, you know, when I brought up the Trump endorsement to J.D. Vance, the entire crowd groaned and 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 mumbled some not so pleasant things and i asked them how many of you will support jd vance if he wins the nomination and only about i don't know i would say half at the most if i'm being generous of the room said they would and then i laid out the case as to why they should if jd vance wins the nomination and the answer to that, of course, is the same reason why those of us who were really upset about who Donald Trump was in the primaries, uh, we needed to give him our full support to stop Hillary Clinton getting to the White House, build a wall between Hillary and the White House, build a wall now between Tim Ryan and the Senate, regardless of what happens in this election. So we talked about that, and I think by the time I was done, I think almost everybody in the room agreed, yeah, that's what we will have to do. So conservatives are going to take some serious it's going to take some serious arm twisting and some real convincing to get them to support jd vance under whatever the circumstances might be despite trump's endorsement but that was only the beginning of it because of the trouble that president trump has been in in the state of ohio for his endorsement of jd vance president trump knew and so did his handlers and advisors that he needed to generate some support for this. They're listening. They hear that conservatives in the state of Ohio are ticked. So he needs support. That's element number one of this story. Element number two of this story now goes to Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose, who I also had on last week, and we talked about election integrity and security 
and I asked him about things like photo identification and why he doesn't go to the Ohio legislature, the General Assembly, and propose it and demand it and say, I'm in charge of these elections. Why don't you pass something like this for me? He dodged it and said he supports it if the legislature does it, but he won't lead it. I asked him about whether or not uh, ballots in Ohio are hand-counted after the machines do their part of this whole thing. He swears they are. But Frank LaRose has been a very loud and outspoken Trump critic. He has condemned President Trump and did so back at the same time that J.D. Vance was condemning President Trump. And yet Saturday... President Trump gave Frank LaRose his full and total endorsement for re-election as Secretary of State, which had a whole lot of people puzzled, scratching their heads. Wait a minute. The guy who took Zuck Bucks? The guy who is not making sure that Ohio's elections are, are on the up and up? The guy who condemned and criticized President Trump back in 2016? Yeah. Why would Trump endorse Frank LaRose. That's part two of this little story. And then part three of this story is Frank LaRose ended up endorsing J.D. Vance. What I just described to you is called quid pro quo in swamp politics. President Trump, the man that we believed would drain the swamp and worked very, very, very hard to do so for four years, President Trump needed support for J.D. Vance to shore up his endorsement of him. Frank LaRose gave him that support by also endorsing J.D. Vance. And then in return, President Trump gave an endorsement to Frank LaRose. It's quid pro quo. Back room, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, you help me, I'll help you, even if the conservative Trump base in the state of Ohio can't stand any of it. People think this is just about his poor endorsements, or his questionable endorsements of people like Dr. Mehmet Oz, a far-left candidate in Pennsylvania, and J.D. Vance who says he's a true blue conservative, well, I guess the real way would say that would be true red, conservative who has seen the light after mistaking, being mistaken about Trump in 2016 and 2017. And maybe he has. As I said to him live on the air, and as I said to a reporter from Cleveland.com who interviewed me for a story, and as I said to crowds that I speak to, I'm not going to say J.D. Vance is lying about his political conversion to being pro-Trump and America first. I can't say that. I don't know his heart. But I do know that what he has said has made him a very unpopular endorsement in the Trump base. Very unpopular. And Trump knows it. He comes to Ohio for a rally and endorses another guy that has hated him and that the Ohio Trump base cannot tolerate, which is Frank LaRose. Well, how can that be? Why would he do that? And then we find out because Frank LaRose agreed to endorse and throw support to another Trump base, uh, do I want to call him an opponent, an enemy? No, but somebody who is not popular with the Trump base in J.D. Vance. It's quid pro quo. That's part one of why the headline right now on alwaysright.us, that's my website, it's how you can listen to the show. The headline is, Has President Trump Surrendered to the Swamp? Part one is the story that I just told. You want to know what part two is? 
there's a governor's race in the state of Ohio. And you would never know it by watching or listening to the rally in Delaware. I'll explain what that means right after this. 922, Always Right Radio. I welcome you at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Stay here. Dial up. You can get in. I do have Jim Jordan coming up at 935, and I have Jack Windsor at 1010. But other than that, I have wide-open phone lines for you. If you were in attendance at the Trump rally, I want to hear from you. If you were uh, watching the Trump rally streaming, I want to hear from you. If you have opinions on these endorsements, this back-scratching, back-room-dealing, swamp-dwelling nonsense that the president has now engaged in, and what I'm about to tell you with the Ohio governor's race, I want to hear from you. Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 926. AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for being with us. So, um, part B of the question, did Donald Trump just dive full-on, headfirst into the swamp? In addition to his questionable endorsement of J.D. Vance, his then quid pro quo agreement to endorse Frank LaRose, who has consistently declared that the election was not stolen, by the way, from President Trump, uh, and who has been uh, uh, found to have accepted and taken money from Mark Zuckerberg, who tried to influence and buy the election for Joe Biden back in 2020, and who is uh, not a favorite of the Trump fan base or the conservative base in this state. He endorsed Frank LaRose, and then come to find out it was only right after Frank LaRose agreed to endorse Trump's Senate choice, J.D. Vance, quid pro quo. But that's only part one. Part two involves this governor's race. Let me ask you this. Can you imagine a scenario in which a sitting president of the United States, excuse me, I misspoke it, I misspoke. The former president of the United States, who should still be the sitting president of the United States if there wasn't voter fraud, right? That we can absolutely say with certainty. But a former president of the United States comes to hold a presidential-style campaign rally in the state of Ohio in which the state of Ohio has an extraordinarily unpopular GOP governor. Can you imagine a scenario in which that guy would come here and then not address the very hotly contested governor's race? How can that be? How can he show up and speak to a crowd of thousands of people and not mention the governor's race. The, unpo- the, go- the governor who's so unpopular he has refused to debate his opponents in this GOP primary, who has hidden and refuses to even attend events that are intended to support him because he's afraid of being booed. A guy whose approval rating within the GOP is so low that he has to hide from GOP voters. That's Mike DeWine. There is a candidate that is chasing him named Jim Renacy, who has extraordinary conservative credentials, who has literally promised everything that Mike DeWine has not done in his time in office that he will do, who's got a record to show that. And Donald Trump never mentioned a thing about the governor's race. The only thing he did mention at this rally was how much he loves GOP, that's Ohio Republican Party Chairman Bob Paduchik. Trump got on that stage and kissed Paduchik's ring. 
Bob Paduchik, who engineered the endorsement of Mike DeWine, the pathetically failed Democrat-like governor of this state, for re, uh, re-election. He engineered it with the ORP. He personally drove from Ohio to New Jersey last year in support, right, you know, last fall, in support of Jane Timken, trying to secure an endorsement for Jane Timken from Donald Trump. The same Jane Timken who supported Anthony Gonzalez, who voted to impeach Donald Trump. President Trump backed Bob Paduchik, the man who backs Mike DeWine, and who backed Jane Timken for Senate. So I ask you, and and by the way, if you're Donald Trump and you come to a rally in Ohio where this governor's race is happening in the way I just described, and you ignore it entirely, you are giving a de facto endorsement of the incumbent. If you're not telling Ohio voters to come together and choose a better governor than the phony Republican that Mike DeWine is, then you are, in in essence, tacitly endorsing that incumbent governor. And then when you praise the man who is running his campaign for him from the seat as the chair of the Ohio Republican Party, Bob Paduchik, you've made it clear. So Saturday in Delaware, Donald Trump doubled down on his endorsement of Vance, then endorsed Frank LaRose, who just endorsed, coincidentally and conveniently, J.D. Vance. Then ignored the governor's race, giving a de facto endorsement to Mike DeWine, and then praised the ORP corrupt chair, Bob Paduchik, who engineered Mike DeWine's campaign and his endorsement uh, in the state of Ohio. Oh, by the way, after doing trying to do this, the same thing for Jane Timken, but failing miserably. I don't know who that man is the one that was on the stage Saturday, but it's not the man that we have been championing for the last five and a half years. That guy seems to have gone away. This is a new guy. And this guy isn't draining the swamp. He's filling it. I welcome your thoughts at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis is killing it in Florida. Jim joins us next. We'll be back. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Our number two is underway on this Monday, the 25th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thank you so very much for being with us. We're talking about the rally, the rally in Delaware on Saturday. What did it mean to you? Were you there? I want to hear from you. If you were not there, but you watched in in the stream, or maybe you just saw highlights after the fact or read coverage of it, I want to know how you feel about this very strange turn of events that have a lot of people, myself included, asking, and this is the lead story now at alwaysright.us, has President Trump surrendered to the swamp, particularly because of what he is doing here in Ohio and in a few other states with respect to questionable, questionable endorsements? But it's not just about the endorsements. It's about the behavior. 
It's about the backroom-dealing, Democrat-style, quid pro quo, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, politicking being embraced now by the president, uh, the former president, because that's exactly what has enraged his base. Support of J.D. Vance makes his base angry. Support of Frank LaRose makes his base angry. To find out, he endorsed both of them, and then LaRose came around and endorsed his choice for the Senate, which is J.D. Vance, makes his base angry. Ignoring the governor's race and not calling out Mike DeWine makes his base angry. Praising Bob Paduchik, who engineered Mike DeWine's ORP endorsement, makes his base angry. Why is he ticking off his conservative base in the state of Ohio? Makes no sense whatsoever. Rally attendees being forced to turn their shirts inside out if they displayed support for non-Trump endorsed candidates makes his base angry. What is this? Is this a free speech supported Trump rally? Or is this some sort of a bizarro world type of uh, suppressive uh, backroom dealing quid pro quo Democrat rally? It didn't make much sense to me, and it still doesn't. And I know a lot of other people feel the same way. 216-901-0945, I promise we're going to go to your calls, but I want to welcome back to our program now our friend from the Ohio Press Network. He's also our correspondent at the State House for AM 1420, The Answer. Jack Windsor back with us here on Always Right Radio. Hello, Jack. How are you? Bob, I'm super fantastic. It's always good to be home with you and, uh, and our listeners. So thanks for choosing me today. So a lot of grist for the mill here, Jack. I wanted to talk to you because unlike me, you were there uh, firsthand. You saw and heard things, um, that uh, some of which I hope you can report to us now or uh, that you can give us a little bit of information on. And I want to start, Jack, with, again, the surprise to some, but other people saw it coming, that President Trump gave an endorsement to the Secretary of State that is widely considered to be establishment rhino, uh, a guy who has tweeted some horrible things about Donald Trump, just like J.D. Vance had. Uh, he got President Trump's endorsement, conveniently and coincidentally, maybe, right after he supported President Trump's endorsement of J.D. Vance with one of his own. What do you have, Jack? So, you know, Vance uh, has said previously that uh, his Trump criticisms are one of the most poorly kept secrets in the race. But things seem to get a little personal last week, if you remember, um, Georgia State Representative and uh, a man who claims to be um, Vance's roommate at Yale, Josh McLaurin, tweeted a screen grab of a private message between McLaurin and Vance in 2016. It's a pretty long quote, but the essence of it is um, Vance is saying, I, I don't know I don't know about Trump, um, whether he's an, uh, <laughs> uh, an a-hole like Nixon, uh, who's who couldn't be that bad, or that he's America's Hitler. So that, uh, you know, that is a rehash of some of the things that he said in the past, but that seemed to make things personal. So whispers began last week that even though Trump wouldn't reverse his endorsement decision, despite opposition from groups like the Ohio Value Voters, the People Convention, Rob Scott, who actually chaired Trump's 2016 election in the state of Ohio, um, he was going to stick with it. But in order to bolster um, the strength of that endorsement, the, the rumor was that if anyone stepped forward to back Vance, any Ohio elected official, that Trump would in turn endorse that candidate. And by Saturday morning, speculation was that the Ohio Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, would announce 
of Ann's endorsement, and in turn, uh, he would be blessed by Trump. Now, uh, I was sitting in the press pool, and I got the press release, and that is precisely what appeared to happen. I say appeared. Um, before the rally officially started, the press release went from Vance's campaign and unveiled, unveiled that LaRose was endorsed in Vance. And then, of course, a few hours later, Trump made his backing of LaRose official from the stage. And uh, that was met with some applause, um, but with some noticeable groans and several boos that members of the press pool around me went, wow, what was that about? How, how did the president handle those boos and groans? Did he acknowledge uh, them know, or just ignore them and keep going? From where I was, it appeared that uh, he, he ignored them and uh, and kept moving on and uh, you know talking and you know mentioning other folks. Uh, you also mentioned Bob Paducek. That was a surprise to some that, uh, given some of the conversations you and I have had over the past week, Bob, that um, he mentioned Paducek. That was met with some applause, but that was met with some groans and uh, maybe a couple of boos from the crowd as well. Um, so that was another surprise element. But I did talk with somebody connected, um, I'll say, to the group that put the rally together. And this person surmised that, you know, in that instance, Trump might have been hedging his bets. If he runs in 24, and let's assume that, and this is an assumption that Mike DeWine wins, and let's assume that the you know Papaduchik is still somehow aligned with the Ohio Republican Party. Um, Trump's hedging his bets. He's you know he's he's staying friendly, and that might be exactly why he uh, didn't mention Mike DeWine from the podium on Saturday. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you think that makes Ohioans feel? You talk to a lot of Ohio voters. You have a very very popular social media following, following uh, mostly with conservatives. How do you think they feel about that approach that he has taken by essentially hedging his bets and not saying anything? Remember, this is the same guy, Mike DeWine, who refused to come and see him by coming down with a, <coughs> I've got COVID, uh, the last time he came to Ohio, and then two days later after Trump is gone, <laughs> how about that? It was a false positive. Never, never would have yeah. imagined and went right back out in public again. He has refused to do anything in support of Donald Trump. And here's Donald Trump's chance to uh, embrace his base. Embrace conservative Ohio voters who are extremely anti-DeWine by saying uh, we need to uh, replace him or or uh, improve upon him or do something to indicate that we're looking for a better Ohio governor. And if even if he didn't want to say the name Jim Renacy, which he should have done, um, how do you think that makes these this base of voters feel when he is completely ignoring what we are all making very very clear that this 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 DeWine character has got to go. You know, it was a mixed bag. <laughs> it was a mixed bag from uh, the attendees, and we talked to some of them. Um, you know, I actually wanted to go straight to the horse. I um, asked some questions of the Vance campaign, and look, I get it. I doubt they would want to answer this question, what, eight days from uh, the primary election and, you know, stir up a firestorm. Um, but my question was, is, isn't that interesting that, um, you know, these these other um, nominations were, or excuse me, these other endorsements were made and other mentions were made from the stage. Um, I had one uh, attendee say, I don't understand how the president endorsed Frank LaRose. Uh, Frank LaRose has said that if somebody believes that there was um, election irregularity or voter fraud in Ohio uh, on a large scale, that that's a conspiracy. And so um, that's hard to reconcile because, you know, Trump mentioned several times during his speech that there was massive voter fraud. In fact, I think he 
uh, started his speech by saying, we won Ohio by a landslide in 2016 and in 2020, but we probably won it by more votes than were recorded, essentially. And then you had Mike Lindell, who also talked about Ohio probably undercounted um, upwards of half a million votes. Um, in the 2020 presidential election that would have gone for President Trump. So it, it's, it's just, it seems like a, an odd marriage in 2022 to have Donald Trump stand on a stage and endorse Frank LaRose, um, and then, you know, Frank LaRose to, you know, turn around and endorse JD Vance. Yep. We're talking with Jack Windsor. He is an investigative reporter, also the uh, founder and editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network. We're talking about the Trump rally in Delaware. He was there on Saturday. Jack, when I spoke with you off the air prepping for this interview, uh, you told me you had some interesting conversations with some national media figures who had no earthly idea so many of the things you are telling us right now were going on. Can you recount yeah. some of that? And, and because I think it's important yeah. for people to know what's going on and, and what the view looks like from the outside. Yeah, and let me and let me actually, if I can, tuck this in as well. I do want to say that I talked to a couple of attendees who said, you know, by the way, I Trump has earned his trust with me as a voter, and so if he's putting his seal of approval on JD Vance, that's who I'm going to go with. Um, I may not have been, he may not have been my number one pick prior to today, but but I'm going to go that direction now. So that endorsement it will have obviously some leverage. But it was really interesting. I was sitting, you know, there with a couple other people from the press, Yahoo News, CNN, uh, Huffington Post. And, uh, you know, they were just surprised. They, they, they didn't get why, why is he, why is he booed? Why is Frank LaRose being booed? Um, you know, and what's going on with these endorsements? Um, and so they were, they were a little bit shell shocked. They didn't understand the relationship between what Frank LaRose has talked about in the past and, you know, what Donald Trump really has talked relentlessly and endlessly about since November 2020, which was this election is stolen. Those two, I mean, that seems to be like two polar opposite ends of the spectrum. So we talked through a little bit of that. Um, and, and it was really, you know, intriguing. I read a couple of their reports that have since published. Of course, they didn't mention those things. Um, but it was, uh, it was certainly met with intrigue. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the um, the crowd and restrictions that were that were placed on them. I've heard from a few different sources, Jack, um, that some, one source told me that no one was allowed to delay, display anything political unless it was pro-Trump. Another one said nobody was allowed to display anything political, and that means turning shirts inside out, removing pins or badges or hats that were for anybody other than Trump-endorsed candidates and Trump. Uh, others said that nobody was allowed to display anything. Um, so can you tell me, first of all, what the rules and regulations were about what you were allowed to display there? And number two, can you tell me who orchestrated and put those rules in place? Was it something from Trump's team and the organizers of the rally? Or was it from Bob Paduchik's team uh, at the ORP, who, of course, is very heavily favoring Mike DeWine, as we know? And uh, we got more on Paduchik in a moment. But uh, what do you know about that? Yeah, so I actually got my first uh, exposure to that. I was standing in line interviewing a gentleman who drove from Wisconsin to be at the rally. And in the middle of that interview, I heard a volunteer say, hey, you're going to have to take that Renacy shirt off or turn it inside out. And you know that kind of piqued my interest. And then um, I heard from a couple of other attendees who had, um, I think, Josh Mandel, Jane Timken, Mike Gibbons, I mean, the whole slew of people. Um, 
they had signs or they had um, T-shirts, and those things were not allowed. My understanding, this is this is the first uh, Trump rally I've been to, or I guess they're called you know, America First rallies now. And so I don't know what standard operating procedure and protocol is. I inquired with some people last night. My understanding is that this is common at Trump events that, you know, they're trying to control the messaging and the branding. And so if it was Trump, if it was America First, or if it was J.D. Vance, it was allowed. If it was anything else, it wasn't allowed. And my understanding that that is that that is a directive from uh, Trump's, Trump and his people. I even reached out to one of the key organizers of volunteers, and we communicated this morning, and he said, yeah, that was not something that um, we were told beforehand from, say, the Ohio Republican Party so it must have been something that came down from Trump's team. So, Jack, I have to ask you then again, um, what's your opinion on that? I mean, I, I was always under the impression that those of us who support Donald Trump and have supported Donald Trump believed we believe in the same things, such as free speech and free expression. And I'm not talking about being able to go to a Trump rally carrying a swastika because conservatives don't do that. But I'm talking about if I support Josh Mandel if I support Mike Gibbons, even if I support Jane Timken, which I cannot imagine how very many people do, how can how can I not be allowed to come to a Save America rally? They're called Save America rallies now, by the way. Uh, how can I how can I in an election year, two weeks less than two weeks away from a primary vote? How can I not show up there supporting a candidate? Um, you know, in, in, using my First Amendment rights to do so without the conservative ex president and his team censoring me. And suppressing me. I mean, who is that up there? Is it Donald Trump or was that Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg? You can't show that. You can't display that. I'm, I'm, I'm really having a hard time with that, Jack. Yeah. So there's like the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, right? So I'll give you my experience from my past. In the '90s, Bill Clinton was in the Cleveland area. I think it might have even been Parma. And I remember going to an event, and I had a sign that was certainly not a Bill Clinton sign, and that was uh, that was taken from me. And I was like, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, uh, some Secret Service people descended on me, and I thought, okay, well, I guess we'll go in without the sign. So uh, if, if we're talking about, you know, a, an elected president or a presidential campaign, I think that's standard practice. Um, you know, so is it – and when you look at the Save America rallies, um, you know, those are private functions. So technically they can do whatever in Hades they want to do. Uh, but, you know, the spirit of the law, right, I think that's kind of what you're getting at. Like, the spirit of the thing is, um, do we value free speech? Do we value free, exp- you know, expression and robust political expression? It would seem that if there was a, a group or a party that did, it would be the Republican Party and it would be, you know, the Trump Republicans. Um, but in in the name of you know, brand alignment and um, messaging, um, they've gone in an opposite direction. I'm surprised by it, frankly. Um a little bit, but, you know, given my experience in the past with political movements and uh, messaging, particularly as you get so darn close to a primary, and this primary is probably one of the most important, uh, this Senate race in the country. So um, I get it. I'm not saying I agree with it. It certainly feels like something that would happen uh, on the other side of the political aisle. Um, But I'm not totally shocked. Last thing, I want to go back to Paducek. You know, you talked about groans and boos coming from the stage when uh, the announcement of Frank LaRose was made. Um, can you tell me what happened when uh, President Trump went out of his way to uh, praise and uh, kiss the ring, if you will, of the ORP chair, Bob Paducek, who has engineered and orchestrated that DeWine endorsement? Uh, you reported on this program last week. 
who drove from Ohio to New Jersey to try to get personal one-on-one FaceTime with President Trump to convince him mm-hmm. to endorse and support Jane Timken for Senate, the same Jane Timken who supported Anthony Gonzalez, who voted to impeach Donald Trump. Somehow, some way, mm-hmm. the president, or the ex-president, is is endorsing the guy that did, and, and, and praising, rather, the guy that did all of that, Bob Paduchek. Yeah, so, you know, we talked about it. A former Trump White House aide said that um, initial pushback directed by Paducek was likely inconsequential to the former president and his insiders, saying that Trump was, quote, annoyed with Paducek's past efforts uh, to get number 45 to endorse what he called his candidate, Jane Pinkin. Um, You know, the aide confirmed the story of another. By the way, by the way, can we by the way, can we just kind of clarify, because I think you said this before. Jane Timken was instrumental in making sure that Bob Paduchik succeeded her as ORP chair. Well, you know, look, uh, Mike DeWine, Bob Paduchik are, in my mind, um, sewn together at the hip. And Bob Paduchik, um, it was very close to, to Jane Timken. Jason Paduchik, I believe is his name, Bob's brother, actually works for uh, Timken Strategies, which is a lobbying firm that uh, Jane's husband is the president of. So, yes, they are close. And, you know, when Portman announced that he was going to retire, Jane Timken subsequently stepped down from her uh, chairmanship at the ORP. And within the hour, I'm told by state central committee members, Bob Paduchik was calling state uh, central committee members saying, hey, I'm, I'm the heir apparent. So, look, you know, can I can in I other words, more now? In other words, more quid pro quo, at least that's the appearance. That's the appearance. And so, you know, but, but to boil it all down, Bob, you know, the, the aide, the staff, staffer, former staffer did tell me, hey, Trump doesn't dislike Paducic. He just stopped taking seriously his, his advice on the U.S. Senate race in Ohio because of his clear ties and promotion of Jane Timken. Um, and so did it make his mentioning Paducic from the stage surprising? Eh. You know, again, if he's trying to hedge his bets, if he's trying to, you know, keep his hat in the ring for 24, it's probably the safe thing to do. It didn't go over well. Um, it didn't go over well, particularly with a certain, you know, portion of the of the Republican voter block. Jack Windsor uh, laying it out for us. Uh, some very, very interesting developments in the conservative movement in the state of Ohio. President Trump's endorsements making people scratch their heads. The manner in which those endorsements are granted and other uh, agreements that apparently have been made also uh, making some people wonder what on earth is going on here. Frank LaRose, who is anti-Trump. J.D. Vance, who has been anti-Trump, getting Trump endorsements under the most uh, unusual of circumstances, to say the very least. Jack Windsor, that's why we love you. Investigative reporting is your forte. Keep up the good work and uh we'll talk again i'm sure before the these primaries come about bob thanks for having me look forward to doing it again have a great day sir always a pleasure with uh, jack windsor thank you so much jack when the left's propaganda is the biggest threat to your health get your booster of common sense and keep yourself sane always right with bob france on am 1420 the answer 1036 AM 1420 the answer and always right radio heard online at alwaysright.us alwaysright.us interesting article uh, from the plain dealer on Saturday uh, essentially president trump saying about his endorsement of jd vance is i have to do what i have to do it doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement or a super solid endorsement just at least in that line 
Uh, he's a guy that said some bad S about me, and I'm sure you can figure out what the S word is there. Said some bad S about me. He did, but you know what? Every one of the others did also. In fact, if I went by that standard, I probably never would have endorsed anyone in the country. They all said back, but they came back. But I have to do what I have to do. We have to pick somebody who can win, end quote. I would, uh, I would once again challenge the president when he says every one of the others did also. What? Do, do you have some tape or tweets or emails or messages that we're not aware of in which Mike Gibbons and Josh Mandel and uh, uh, even Matt Dolan in which they said terrible things about about Donald Trump? Um, I, I'm not aware of it. I, I can't st- I'll, I'll stop there and I won't go to Timken because Timken, of course, supported Anthony Gonzalez, who voted to impeach Trump without, uh, without due process. So she's excluded from this. But to defend the endorsement of J.D. with the every one of the others did also, I'm going to call shenanigans. Uh, Mr. President, show me that. He's, he's doing what he has to do to, to um, support his endorsement and to try to stem the tide of angry conservatives rising against him in the state of Ohio for his endorsement of, of rhinos. And it's not just the ones in Ohio, but we talk about Mehmet Oz a lot, and now we talk about Frank uh, LaRose. So, again, where, where was... I asked J.D. this very question, and I was interviewed by a, a reporter from... Um, uh, the plane dealer as well, and there's a pretty big piece on it about my interview with JD, in which I said, you know, is JD's pro-Trump stance now really truly sincere, or is it political expediency? Because if it's sincere, where was it in 2018? Where was it in 2019? Why did it take until you know his announcement for the run for the Senate seat for him to you know recant his his criticisms of Trump? And to, you know, praise America first policies and so on and so forth. I don't know the answer to that. I told the reporter that same thing I've told you. But President Trump seems to be struggling very hard to convince Ohio conservatives that he did the right thing by choosing J.D. Vance. And in order to support that choice, he promised, Jack Windsor just reported, he promised Ohio office holders and Ohio candidates to support his endorsement of J.D. Vance, and if they do publicly, he would give them his endorsement for their races. Now, I don't know what language you would have for that, but I would call that putting your endorsement up for sale. I'm selling endorsements. Whether I believe in you or not, I'll give you one if you pay the price. The price would be, back me on this J.D. Vance endorsement. Selling endorsements is not a very constitutionally conservative thing to do. And it makes me wonder, what happened to the champion that we cheered for for the last five and a half years? Four years of his presidency and the last year and a half or so of the Let's Go Brandon presidency. What happened to that guy? Because that's not the guy that I saw on the stage and the guy that I'm hearing in these interviews now. Something happened. I don't know what. But this is not something... He, in fact, let's flip it. If President Trump was in a campaign again right now and his opponent, a Democrat, 
or maybe even a primary opponent, was selling endorsements by way of quid pro quo in order to trump up, or not, no pun intended, to shore up his, his base uh, and his support of his favorite candidate here. If he saw anybody else doing what he's doing right now, he would be right to go on the air and on the stage at rallies and rip them. He would be. He'd be 100% right. He wouldn't stand for it. But he's standing for it now because he's actually doing it. And that's troubling. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, Tanya's in Akron on AM 1420. The answer first. Hi, Tanya, go ahead. Tanya, are you there? Hello, Bob. Okay, go ahead, Tanya. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm just going to tell you straight up because I always um, am up front. This is a, the conversations y'all are having are great, but me as an African American, I'm being turned off totally. Okay? Totally. And my Hispanic friends, we are trying to just get the wine out of office at this point, find someone who is, you know, pro-abort, you know, is anti-abortion, free speech, get CRT out. We are trying to convince our friends and family to vote for people, and we get in this BS about what's going on now. I don't even know how to defend people anymore. You know, I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I listen to uh, Tom Z that I support, love the man, support him. Don't know how I can have someone listen to him and end up having them switch over from the the, the dogmatic Democrats I have in Summit County. The only person that I right now could have someone listen to and say, I like her the way she says is Janet Folger Porter. She speaks a language that crosses all lines. She's clear. She's concise. And she's shown that she's been fighting for us for the same values that I've been fighting for for years. And my friends fight for, but they don't want to vote for Republicans. Because of this BS. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to and say, that's, but and that's we disgusting. need to get other people, other groups to be involved. I'm Christian first. I'm a follower of Christ. I need to get my, my African-American friends, my Hispanic friends to say, stop voting for people that are killing babies and killing your kids. But we're sitting up here talking about other things. I just want people that can be articulate, clear, and have people say, I want to hear more. Yeah, I tell you what, I'll tell you what, Tony. I'm glad you did. Thank you for the phone call, and uh, and I share your frustration and I applaud your passion. Um, Janet Folger Porter, I had on on Friday, and I asked her about getting a Trump endorsement, and it was to my embarrassment that I forgot. In the district in which she is running, an endorsement has already been given to uh, Madison uh, uh, Gesiotto, if I'm saying it correctly, or Gesiotto. She is, of course, uh, you know, a, a conservative commentator, and she's a columnist and a beauty queen who was Miss Ohio in 2014 and who checks a lot of the boxes President Trump looks for in his endorsements. Fame, popularity, television experience, hence Dr. Oz, hence uh, 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 J.D., um, she checks a lot of the boxes. And I'm not going to tell you she's not a conservative, and I'm not going to tell you she's not wonderful. I have not interviewed her. I'd like to, 
But she got Trump's endorsement very, very early on. Janice and, uh, or Janice, uh, uh, Janet Folger Porter absolutely, in my mind, should be a significant candidate for that endorsement in that race. But uh, that one's already been decided. And I kind of had forgotten about that when I spoke with Jennifer Folger Porter on Friday. I'm with you. I think she should, she should have an opportunity at that. But it looks like that was never going to happen. And again, I don't know. Exactly, you know, what led to the endorsement of, of uh, Madison. But, um, like I said, she, she kind of checks a lot of the boxes that Trump looks for. Uh, the same type of experience he has in the entertainment world, in the, uh, television world, and so forth. So it's just, uh, it's one of those things. It's very interesting. Let's go next to, oh, this is Douglas Jackson. You know what, Douglas? I'm so glad that you called. I forgot you were going to call. Uh, I understand that you were at the rally and that you had some firsthand observations about what was being allowed and what wasn't being allowed. Um, and uh, I'm glad you called. Uh, Douglas, thank you for that. How are you this morning? Oh, doing real fine, thank you. This is a great program, Bob. Uh, you know, Sydney is uh, here on the west side of uh, Ohio, and it should be nice to have a program like yours in our local market. I used to. I used to be on the air in Toledo back in 2003, 2004, 2005, and then it was in 2006 I came back home to Cleveland. So I actually was on the air in Toledo on the western side, if you will, of the state of Ohio. So, uh, uh, But I'm glad you called. Uh, I don't care where you live. You're in Ohio, and you were at the rally. Douglas, tell me what you observed. Well, uh, through the graces of uh, Mike Carey's campaign, uh, I was uh, you know, allowed a... Uh, uh, a special pass, you know, into uh, into the, some of the special seating, um, and you know, as this is, you know, aside from the the, the general population, I guess you could say. Sure. Uh, but uh, uh, there was a special entry, you know, we were given wristbands, uh, different colors, and that would designate where you were, you know, going to be seated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a path, a pathway going. You know, I was actually seated, seated in the uh, bleachers uh, uh, to the left side of, of the uh, uh, of the of the platform, you know, of the stage. And directly in front of these bleachers was the VIP section. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, coming through, you know, this, after going through security, there was a special path and that had. Uh, uh, these uh, event volunteers checking your wristbands, and I saw, you know, like uh, like Jack Windsor did, and it was nice to, to see Jack over there. Uh, but I I had witnessed, you know, these volunteers asking people to turn their shirts around or to remove their T-shirt if it was not from one of the, uh, I guess what you would say, approved candidates. Uh, and when I finally got to my seat, you know, every uh, every one of these sections also had a uh, a monitor, a volunteer monitor, and uh, there are people that I guess got through the first levels of volunteer security. Uh, they were asked to remove their shirts uh, or reverse them. Uh, and and, fact, and, and you you could I tell what those shirts said, Douglas. You you could see like you know, they were. I I couldn't actually at the time, you know, because uh, being on the west side of uh, Ohio, uh, you know, these were, you know, candidates that uh, I didn't recognize, Uh, you know. So there were were names, but you didn't know if they were Trump-supported candidates, for example. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Now, the only ones that I did see that had their uh, uh, shirts on were for Vance. 
there was, you know, a couple, you know, I, I saw a couple there for Mike Carey. And uh, from what I could see, they did, when there were uh, you know, uh, female attendees, and that's all they were wearing was a T-shirt, they were not asked to, to reverse them or anything. Yeah, right. You know, for obvious reasons. Well, this kind of squares with what I've been told by reporters like Jack Windsor and others online who have said the same thing, that it's particularly in the very high-profile VIP areas like you're talking about where they were going to be within camera shot. They did not want anybody to see support for anybody other than President Trump or Trump-endorsed candidates. Kerry was Trump-endorsed, obviously. So is, uh, so is J.D. Vance. So, uh, but, but you, you couldn't tell the, the ones that were being told to change their shirts what their shirts said. No, I, 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 to be honest, no. I had my Josh Mandel shirt with me. I intended to put it on, but after uh, witnessing this, uh, you know, what was happening, I decided, well, I guess I'll just leave it in my bag. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, yeah, smart move. Otherwise, you would have had to change it or surrender it one way or the other, and that's just, um, that's just like I said before. And, Douglas, thank you for the phone call. I'm glad you checked in. I appreciate you uh, doing that. Uh, Douglas was brought to my attention by uh, John Stover at Ohio Value Voters, who had uh, been in con- communication with him and said he was up front in the VIP area and he knew exactly what was going on. And uh, indeed, everything he is saying right now squares with what other people have told us. And and that is that censorship is alive and well, at least in Delaware, at least on the day of the Trump rally. Censorship, suppression of political speech, free speech. Support for other Ohio conservative candidates other than the ones Donald Trump endorsed. And I'm going to again tell you, that's not the, that's, those are not the actions of the president that I supported for the last five and a half years. Uh, those are the, you know, everything I said to Jim Jordan, I meant and I will repeat. And, and I understand he doesn't want to say anything critical because he is a full on Trump supporter no matter what. He kept repeating and referring to, what Trump did for four years, all the things he did for us. I get it. I talked to other conservatives over the weekend about this very subject, and he said, but aren't you forgetting what he did? No, I'm not forgetting at all what he did for us for four years. We, I have made a list of all of the accomplishments of the Trump administration. Just And again, in context here, despite unprecedented harassment and intrusion and interruption, and 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 attacks from the press, from the left, uh, from you know these these impeachments to these uh, 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 collusion uh, uh, investigations and all the Russian hoax. I've never seen anything like it. And what he did for four years was remarkable. No one is forgetting that. No one doesn't want that to happen again. But I'm not talking about the four years of accomplishments. I'm talking about right now, today, we've got a midterm to win. We've got a bunch of midterms to win. And perhaps the most influential voice in the Republican Party and in the conservative movement belongs to President Donald J. Trump. And his influential conservative Republican voice is going to some very, very strange places. Not conservative Republican candidates. And in methods that are not conservative nor Republican, that in fact are quite frankly very demon rat-y. I made up a word there, democratic, demon ratty. It's very ratty and it's very demon ratty because this is what the Dems would do. The quid pro quo selling endorsements in exchange for uh, other political uh, favors. That's just not, not, not the guy that, that was there for four years. And something is going to have to be clarified 
I think, long before any announcements are made for 2024. Because I can tell you right now, I am so disappointed with everything that I saw and heard over the course of this last few days and then culminating in the rally and the praise for Paduchik, the de facto tacit support for DeWine, and all the rest. I find myself looking more and more to the south and watching every move Ron DeSantis makes and asking myself if that shouldn't be the standard bearer as the nominee in 2024. That's what I find myself doing. You tell me if you agree or disagree. And either one is fine. Let's make some sense of this together at 216-901-0945. Right back on Always Right Radio. In November of 2020, you probably recall the Democrats were up to no good. They were planning to pull off the greatest scheme of election fraud ever before seen. Never before seen. They didn't think we'd catch them, but they've been caught. 2,000 Mules is a new film that tells the story of the ones who tried to hijack a presidential election. You'll see video surveillance. You'll see the trafficking, or excuse me, the tracking, rather, of cell phones as the mules go from box to box to trying to steal the election. You're going to watch this movie and decide for yourself. Attend a limited release premiere of 2,000 Mules on May 2nd or May 4th. Check your local listings. Buy your tickets exclusively at 2000mules.com. Movie tickets will not be available at the box office. You have to order them and buy them online at 2000mules.com. That's 2000, the number, 2000, 2000mules.com. That was a theft. That was a crime. It was a hijacking. It was a... Is beyond fraud. There's no word to describe that was what was done to this country. And as Jim Jordan and I talked about earlier on, the the uh, the impact of this will be felt forever. Literally, the course of the world changed when Joe Brandon was allowed to become president because of this theft. Um, it's it's inexcusable. Let's go back to the phones. We're going to go to MJ calling us from Cleveland. Uh, MJ, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go right ahead. MJ, are you there? Not hearing MJ, so we're going to switch over to Eric calling us from Kirtland. Eric, can you hear me? Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, good morning, Eric. Go right ahead, sir. So I I agree with you. I think, well, I'll say, I think the fix is in, and I wanted to share with you, it was back at the point, I believe it was when the um, ORP uh, officially endorsed uh, DeWine in the closed session. Uh, you will call, you got heard on the radio when... Um, you guys were, the, a lot of the media was closed out of the vote that they made and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. In, that, in that same time frame, within a day or two, I think it was the next day, I was listening to one of your fellow uh, Salem hosts, uh, Sebastian Gorka's program, when he came out and endorsed J.D. Vance. And I called just because it was a head-scratcher for me. How can, how can you endorse someone who basically badmouthed the president so badly? And... They were nice enough to put me on the air, but that was where the nice ended in the fact that I couldn't figure it out. And uh, when I asked Sebastian why, the answer he gave me was, I like the cut of his jib, which is pretty much a non-answer in my mind. It has nothing to do with politics. It was just a, just a, a blanket answer. 
And when I tried to express some of the malfeasance that seems to be going on in the Republican Party in Ohio, he proceeded to scream at me, talk me down, and eventually hung up the phone on me. So I appreciate the work that you guys do specifically because you let the truth uh, come out and let people decide for themselves. But I'm absolutely convinced that um, the state is just filled with rhinos and the fix is in to get um, just more of the swamp growing. Well, I'm so glad you called me because um, I did not know that about Sebastian, but I am not surprised by it. And here's why. And I am not going to. And thank you for the call. I'm not going to disparage my fellow Salem host. I have sat in for and hosted America First with Sebastian Gorka, so I'm certainly not going to badmouth him. But I will say that I know where Sebastian Gorka's loyalty lies. It lies with Donald Trump, period, point blank. End of story. That's it. His show is called America First after Donald Trump's America First agenda. He is all in for Trump, and and that means he's going to be all in for Trump's endorsements. And when he says, I like the cut of his jib, that is code for Trump endorsed him, so I'm backing him. And that's just what I really believe to be the case. And I say that again with no ill intent. If I had Sebastian Gorka on live on this show, which I might try to do, we may discuss that in more depth. But the reality is he is all for Trump and whatever Trump says. And there are a lot of people like that. I'm not one of them. I'm for the right conservative at the right time for the right reasons. And the right reason isn't always an endorsement from somebody who is selling those endorsements for political expediency. That's reality. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. We'll continue right after the news on AM 1420 The Answer. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three coming your way on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. You can listen live at alwaysright.us. Alwaysright.us. And while you're there, you can check out the uh, headlines, the new stories of the day. It's all there. Lead uh, story on alwaysright.us this morning is the question, has President Trump surrendered to the swamp? And according to a whole lot of observers, that is exactly what's going on. And these are not Democrat observers. These are not anti-Trump people. These are Trump people. These are Trump supporters asking the question because of the very bizarre nature of what happened uh, on Saturday in Delaware. Somebody just just sent me this, um, and and I'll, I'm going to give it its due, uh, even though it comes from a guy who has been very, very negative and very, very nasty and very, very Democrat-like himself, at least in his terms of in terms of his treatment of people with whom he disagrees. Mark Pukita, who is a long-shot Senate candidate, as we know. He's, his name isn't in the 
uh, in the in the polling or anywhere else for that matter. Um, and I call him Mark Other because you know you'll see you, know, you see Mandel and Gibbons and Vance and Timken and Dolan, and then underneath that it'll say Other. Uh, so I call him Mark Other just basically as a reference that he's not a, a serious candidate here, but he's not a bad guy. And I've told him this. In fact, I had him on the air when um, when uh, the ORP State Central Committee meeting was held to endorse Mike DeWine. He was there trying to get inside because there were other Senate candidates who were allowed inside, and he was trying to get there. But he, of course, has been a staunch critic, as have I, of Bob Paduchik and the ORP. So I had him on live, kind of give us a play-by-play almost of uh, what was going on there at the uh, meeting. And uh, I backed him completely in his criticism of the ORP for its endorsement of Mike DeWine. So Mark Pokita and I agree on probably 99% of the policy issues as strong conservatives. We just disagree on the way to go about certain things. He supports the hat, uh, and I know the hat is not, a, is not a legitimate or serious candidate. He's just not for governor of the state of Ohio. Uh, he's in all kinds of trouble legally and with uh, campaign election finance uh, violations. Uh, he very well could be referred to the Franklin County prosecutor as this investigation goes on, and he's admitted he has no idea how to run a country or run a, a state because he has not run a campaign. Because quote, I'm just a farmer. You know? So Mark and I have had our back and forth about some things, and Mark has gone on because I've criticized him and uh, Blystone. Uh, he has come out and made all kinds of disparaging remarks online about me, and that's fine. I'm a big boy, and I can take the bullets. Uh, so. All of that being the backdrop here, I want to praise Mark Pukita for his Facebook post yesterday. What the heck happened, he asks. Yesterday was very confusing for many Trump supporters. Not only had President Trump endorsed Dr. Oz and J.D. Vance earlier this week, yesterday he endorsed Frank LaRose, who immediately endorsed J.D. Vance. And then there was the endorsement more of a statement of support for Bob Paduchik, current ORP chairman, who is covering up a 2 to $3 million, quote, accounting irregularity, end quote, in the books of the Ohio Republican Party. This was Twilight Zone kind of stuff. This was a 100% swamp move. This was Donald Trump giving up, passing the baton, failing, uh, or excuse me, falling to the ground exhausted in his fight against the swamp and, swamp and the rhinos. Many won't believe me, and Donald Trump may not even realize it himself. We all know we have election issue, uh, election fraud issues in Ohio. This is unquestionable. Frank LaRose denies it. Frank LaRose is dishonest. He is not a good person. He has to pull his head out of Mike DeWine's backside to breathe. Yet Donald Trump endorsed him yesterday. Donald Trump might as well have endorsed Mike DeWine. LaRose and DeWine are that close. Mike DeWine is a criminal. He was a participant in the Larry Householder primary election fraud scandal. He appointed one of the two people who were paying bribes at First Energy to the Akron University Board of Trustees in 2019. Yet Mike DeWine claims he knows no one or knows nothing about First Energy and HB6 fraud. Mike DeWine is the fraud. President Trump made a bad endorsement of J.D. Vance. Aware and awake Ohioans roundly booed the endorsement, each in their own way. They even did it yesterday. In President Trump's presence in Delaware, Ohio, Those who did and were caught were escorted out by security. I understand there was total control of what people could wear into the venue. If you didn't have Trump or Vance or Miller or approved clothing on, you were asked to take it off, turn it inside out, or leave. So much for freedom of expression and political speech. 
I'm watching people now bend themselves into pretzels justifying these absolutely unjustifiable decisions. That Trump plays 3D chess and we play checkers. That's BS. We have to trust the plan. That's BS. That he's met with a whole bunch of people and gotten input and considered it and then made a rational, logical, reasoned decision. That's BS. This was all about needing to reconnect the Trump family with Silicon Valley, the venture capital class, through J.D. Vance, Peter Thiel, to the money. This week, culminating in yesterday's rally, Donald Trump sold out patriotic, MAGA, conservative, America first Christian patriots. But I can understand he's exhausted. Not enough people came to his aid. Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan fought him. Jeff Sessions and Bill Barr fought him. Everyone except the loyal few fought him. And then he goes on to make his pitch. And I'm not going to read the pitch where he uh, talks about how he'll fix it all in the United States Senate. But I will tell you this. Every word that, and I I just saw this uh, 10 minutes ago during the news break. Thank you to Therese for forwarding this to me on uh, Facebook Direct Messenger. She literally said, Bob, I know you and uh, Mark Pukita have had your disagreements, but I think you should read this. And I read it, and you know what he said? He said almost everything I've been saying uh, on Facebook yesterday and this morning on the air. I agree with every word of that. So, Mark Pukita, thank you. Well done. Uh, we may not see eye-to-eye again, on, particularly on how to run a campaign and how to conduct yourself when people disagree with you or criticize you or the hat, but, uh, but I certainly agree with you on this, and I, uh, and I, I support you saying it, because it's going to tick off a lot of supporters who might vote for you. You know, Trump supporters who might vote for you. Let's go to Navy man Norm in Strongsville next. Uh, hi, Norm. You are on Always Right Radio. Good morning. Go right ahead. It would be a cold day in hell before anybody, including Trump, could get me to turn my Josh Mandel shirt inside out or take off my Josh Mandel hat. This is the United States of America, and I'm a veteran, and I swore north to the Constitution of the United States, and I'm not going to have some piss and monitor at a Trump rally tell me, you can't wear that shirt. Are you kidding me? I mean, is this is what Don Jr. has brought us? Because Don Jr., Bob, is the one behind this. He made a video mocking Josh Mandel, showing Josh Mandel hanging out with rhinos like John Kasich, like Mitt Romney, like John McCain, And I'm thinking to myself, I worked for John McCain. I was a volunteer on his campaign, as was my wife as a veteran for McCain. I worked for Mitt Romney because they were Republicans. What was my alternative, Don Jr., to vote for Obama twice? Hell no. So, you know, when they tried to come up with some piece of crap video, Bob, Mocking somebody because he hung around with John Kasich. Well, of course he did. He was John Kasich's secretary of the Ohio Treasury. And this is what we have basically devolved into. And I'll tell you what, Bob, you're spot on. And if this Republican Party doesn't wake up, we're going to end up with a Democrat senator and a Democrat governor. And these deep state swine, and that's exactly what they are, swine. In the Ohio Republican Party, they should be charged. What happened to that $3 million? Oh, it was a tiny accounting error. They sound like Democrats, Bob, and they act like Democrats. But I'll tell you what. I 
and, and you know I'm a supporter of Josh, but I don't think anyone has ever worked harder to win this election than he has. I went to his event in Brunswick Thursday night with General Flynn. I was proud to hear what General Flynn said about Josh, and I was proud to shake General Flynn's hand and tell him how much I admired and respected him. And in four, in one day, they campaigned, they being Josh Mandel and General Flynn and this beautiful woman from Cambridge, Ohio, head of the school board, who was telling horror stories about what's going on in Cambridge, Ohio. They went to Cincinnati in the morning to Immaculate Conception Church. They went to Dayton in the afternoon to an evangelical church. Then they went to Youngstown for a union workers rally. Okay, I, I, I kind of want to stay on the point here with the president, if we could, rather than counting his schedule. Yeah, I <laughs> um, but and, I get and, your point, and, and, I, and I agree with you, Norm, about about uh, what what is happening here. Um, you know, uh, the the reality of the situation is President Trump is right now um, rather than draining the swamp, he is he is kind of wading into it. I won't say he's full on swimming in it, but when you do the backroom stuff that he did with LaRose and what he did with uh, with with JD uh, and again with what you started out with you know trying to show that nobody there disagrees with President Trump everybody is a Trump supporter and a Vance supporter and a LaRose supporter and we have to bury the messaging that anybody disagrees by making people turn their shirts inside out. That's not that's not conservative. That's not constitutional. That's not First Amendment. That's not free speech. That's swampy Democrat is what that is. And, uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I'm glad I can't to hear you point it out. I can't understand, Bob, how people at a Trump rally would be made to turn shirts in, inside out for other candidates. To me, that is, it's despicable. It really and is. I, and I, Trump was better than that. I really did. And, and I'll, like and I'll you, share. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Last time. I'm, I'm looking south to Florida. That's all I'm going to say. I'm looking south to Florida. I find myself doing the same thing. I'm getting a crick in my neck how many times I turn and look and smile at what I just saw coming from the governor of Florida and what I anticipate could be a fantastic thing for the United States of America. Thank you, Navy Man Norm. I appreciate it. To the point that he just made about turning out the, you know, the shirts and everything else and how despicable that is, I got a message from... Um, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I want to pull it up. I'm getting a lot of people messaging me today. Oh, this is from... Um, Stephanie Fout, uh, Fouché, who I had on the program the other day, she's one of the complainants against uh, uh, Joe Blystone for campaign violations, along with uh, Mar- uh, Sarah Chambers, and then, of course, a separate one from Mary Capella. She sent me a picture of herself with her daughter, and it says, in regard to your last comment about mentioning turning t- uh, T-shirts inside out, they said stuff to my daughter. A woman looked down at her, I won't say her daughter's name, her dress, and her exact exact words were, that makes me sick, referencing her Renacy sticker on her dress. Well, then here I go with my response, you don't like stickers? Little kids love them. She let her through with no further issue, but these people are horrible. And my response to Stephanie was, who was she, ORP or Trump team, in terms of the monitors uh, letting people into their seating areas? And she said, ORP. And it's ridiculous. Then she actually sent me a picture of the woman. So uh, I concur. Anybody who would do that, anybody who would look down at a child expressing support for something that she doesn't, which, of course, if she's ORP, she's DeWine. She's Paducic talking about the woman. And to look down at a little girl and call her sticker disgusting or making her sick or whatever, again, is not the conservative movement that I know. And it lets you know everything you need to know about Bob the Fraud Paducic.
Mike the Fraud DeWine, and the entire ORP. Now, Jack Windsor told me that he believes that the people who were monitoring political signs, shirts, hats, expression, and so on and so forth um, were the Trump campaign, but Stephanie just said in this particular case it was an ORP member. So I think there was probably some coordination. How do we know that? Trump himself, who made a point on stage of praising effusively a guy who's not even a candidate running for office. He praised Bob Paduchek, the right-hand man of Mike DeWine. So I believe that the ORP and the Trump team collaborated to make sure there were no expressions seen at that uh, rally of support for anybody other than Trump and Trump-supported and endorsed candidates. Okay, 1126. Let's go back to the phones. We'll go to West Park. Diane on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Diane. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Hello, Bob. Thank you. You know, there seems to be more rhinos than conservatives, true conservatives, all over the place uh, these days. And I'm wondering if Donald Trump uh, is trying to uh, throw his um, support rather than his voter base support, but trying to woo his uh, party opposition. And um, should he come up against a uh, someone like uh, DeSantis, the incredible, who we will, who we love as much as we love Donald Trump back in the day? Um, all the rhinos um, could then be swayed to a new Donald Trump. Um, while the rest of us would be looking uh, south again, um, which to me, um, I am doing more and more as I see more monkey wrenches put into our lives by all this yeah. back and forth and party politics and win at any cost, no matter what. You know, I've I've pinched my nose enough in the Republican Party, voting Republican over the years and just to keep the Republicans in, um, I'm not sure there's too many of them now that I'm going to vote for. Uh, well, heck, let me put it this way. On, on a local level, to me, it is, uh, well, a Josh Mandel or, or Mike Gibbons. But uh, I don't know. Um, he seems to have lost his uh, footing with a lot of people here, yeah. and I know my red hat is kind of slipping off by the day. <laughs> well, mine is too, uh, Diana. Thank you for the phone call. Um, I, I, I'll say this. I am also looking south, as you just pointed out, to DeSantis the Great. He is the great and powerful. He is just uh, he is just uh, doing everything right as far as I'm concerned. He's protecting children. He's protecting schools. He is protecting the taxpayers of the state of Florida. Uh, and he is, he knows full well he is drawing the ire and the wrath of the left wing media and the left wing period in the same way that Donald Trump did. Because Trump was so courageous in doing those things. We're seeing the courage now that we saw from Trump being expressed in, in Ron DeSantis. And we're seeing Trump go the other direction. And I, I can't really speculate as to why. I just know what I see happening. And what he's doing is, is again, rather than trying to out 
uh, the swampers and to drain the swamp in which they dwell, he is dipping his toes in and wading in it right now uh, by supporting rhinos. To your point about there may be more rhinos than there are conservatives, you may be onto something there. I asked one of the most conservative guys that I know this morning on the air, Jim Jordan, about all of this, and he issued praise for uh, uh, Matt Huffman and, uh, and uh, Bob Cup at the State House saying, yeah, you know, they were strong leaders and they actually overrode the veto of, of uh, Mike DeWine in order to protect people from, you know, from uh, uh, some of the lockdowns and the other contingencies that DeWine put in place. And I had to say, wait a minute. Yeah, they did, but only after they led the refusal to overturn and to even pass uh, bills that were much stronger that would protect us from future orders to take jabs, to st- strap masks on in public, to to stay home and not be an essential worker, and all the other things that were done under Mike DeWine's leadership and under Amy Acton's leadership. You know, there were way better bills that they refused to do. And when I point that out, you know, again, even one of the strongest conservatives I know kind of shrugs and says, well, you know, uh, they're doing the best they can kind of a thing. And I've got a big problem with that. I do for everybody. And I know I'm not making a lot of friends here. When I question some things that my my congressman, he's my fourth, I'm in the fourth for now. Uh, when I question things that, that you know, from, from Jim Jordan and other strong conservatives and maybe Trump supporters don't like me calling out Trump for his swampiness right now. I know it's not making any friends, but my friends, it's not our job to lie and cover and make things look good when what is happening is dangerous. It's our job to call it out so that changes can be made. News time now, right back, Always Right Radio. upside down and the majority turns to the left turn to the right always right with bob france on am 1420 the answer you know it's kind of funny i was just talking about how i had a bit of a disagreement this morning with congressman jordan but this is what i love about congressman jordan two hours after our conversation in which i challenged him on his uh, his view of the uh, the Ohio General Assembly and the leadership thereof, uh, he didn't hold a grudge. He promoted me on Truth Social. I am now on Truth Social. If you are interested in doing social media that is not run by Mark Zuckerberg or any of the um, left-wing lunatics at Twitter, Trump's social, Trump's social platform that he uh, drove and delivered, which is online now, and I am finally approved ever since Rumble, got associated with Truth Social, they combined to expand their server access, and they were able to onboard millions of waiting subscribers like me. Um, I got on just two days ago, and I had a handful of followers, I don't know, 40 or 50 followers, but I mentioned to President, uh, or excuse me, I mentioned to Congressman Jordan on the air this morning that I was now on Truth Social and following him. Even after I had a disagreement with him on the air, he just went and promoted me on Truth Social and said, please follow my friend Bob France, and suddenly I'm watching my Truth Social account just roll like, uh, it looks like the uh, the big wheel on The Price is Right. It's just, it's just rot- rotating around as more and more and more patriots follow me, thanks to Jim Jordan. See, do you understand my point there? Point one is to tell you, follow me on Truth Social. If you're not on there, get there, find me. It's always right, WHK. And number two, Jim Jordan is a conservative. We as conservatives can actually disagree on certain points, knowing we agree on the major points, and support one another. 
And that's what he just did, and that's what I do with him, too. I may have a disagreement, but I will continue to promote him and support him, whether it be for Speaker of the House, or whether it be for Chairman of Important Committees, or whatever. Because we may disagree on certain things, but we always support the cause. We're America first uh, all the time. All right, let's go back to the phones now. Mario Inosenzi, my good friend uh, from Parma and Mario's Barbershop and uh, the Geauga, uh, Geauga County uh, uh, Conservative Club and Movement. Mario, how are you, my friend? Good morning, Bob. How are you, sir? I've been listening to you all morning trying to get through, and I finally got through. Thank you. I'm glad you were persistent. Thank you for your persistence. Go ahead, sir. I want to talk to you about the event on Saturday. We got down there Friday night, sent up Team, team Renacy. Uh, we had 110 volunteers there. We gave out 1,000 Renacy shirts, 8,000 stickers, 9,000 pieces of literature, 1,000 bottles of water, 1,200 yard signs, and 200 hats. Here's the, here's the rub. Patuchek and the swamp in Columbus would not allow anybody in the event with anybody except endorsed candidates from Donald Trump, which I thought was absolutely bull. bull. Um, we had Bikers for Trump there with us on the team Renacy. They would not let any of us in with anything that said anything but Vance or Trump, which I find very, very disturbing that Patuchek and the swamp can control everything the way they do. And you know what, Bob? It's not only Columbus. It's in Geauga County, too. You know, I'm running for Geauga County chair out there, and they're pulling all, all the stops to stop a true conservative from being on the board out there. It's horrible what the swamp and what the swamp can do in, in Columbus and in D.C., well, I'm so sorry to hear that. I mean, I'm glad to hear that you're running, of course, for Jug County Chair, but I'm so sorry to hear that you're, you're facing the same kind of things. And, and you're exactly right, Mari, but with, it, with what you said. I mean, you know, true conservatism is let's put our great ideas out there and our candidates that have great ideas up against one another and may the best man win and then let us support the best man or the winner, rather, in the next thing for them to literally... Say, no, no, you can't disagree with President Trump. You can't disagree with his endorsements. If you're wearing something that he hasn't endorsed, it's got to go. That's not conservatism. That's not the Trump I know that I've supported for five and a half years. That's not the Ohio Republican Party that I want to to, to support. Uh, I'm disgusted by that. And you're, you are one of many, many people repeating the same story of what was done to them. Well, you absolutely got to get the conservative vote out there. May 3rd is going to be huge. I'm begging, I'm asking people to go out there and vote for Jim Renace. He's the only true conservative in this race that can beat Mike DeWine. And Vance is, should not have been Trump's choice. If Trump didn't have a better choice than that, he should have stayed out of it. I'm looking down south just like you. I need Ron DeSantis to step up to the plate. Well, I'll tell you what, he is doing exactly that in Florida. Every single day you turn on the news and something new is going on with Ron DeSantis. And every time you read what it is, I don't know about you, but I smile and I say, boy, He is Absolutely. taking the Absolutely. fight to them. He is not letting the, the left declare the narrative or, 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 or control the narrative. Uh, he is controlling the narrative and making them respond to him, which is exactly how President Trump did it, uh, you know, exactly. in, in his term. So, you know, if he doesn't want to do that anymore, okay, then let's, let's move on to the next guy who does. I thank God we have Bob France on the air. Bob, keep doing what you do every single day. We need that conservative voice on the airway. Well, it's very kind of you, my friend. Thank you, Mario. God bless you, and good luck in your campaign, too, there in Jaga County for that chair in the uh, in the uh, State Central Committee. Uh, let's go to uh, Bill calling us from North Royalton. Hi, Bill. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, Bob, uh, just a couple, couple things. Uh, I was at the rally. I was at the Wellington rally, and I was at... Uh, Trump before before at the IX Center, but um, uh, that that true social. 
Yes. It, you have to have a it's uh, it's only Apple and iPhones right now. And when when the Android people come on, when they get Android users on, it's going to flood through social. Totally agree. It will. And uh and I think the reason why they couldn't before again, <clears throat> excuse me. First of all, Android, as you know, is run by Google, and Google is doing everything they can to try to avoid uh, anything that Donald Trump is associated with. But again, they had limited resources and limited servers and so forth. Now that Rumble came on and they pooled their resources together, that's how they were able to just bring in millions of people on the uh, Apple side, and I'm sure uh, that the Android side won't be far behind so that we can all work together and unify together online. Thank you, my friend, for the call. If I left you on hold, I'm sorry, but that's the way it goes. It's a long, uh, it, it, there's a lot of information around there in a lot of interviews but the good news is it's a long week in front of us call me back tomorrow we'll get chipping on the radio as we continue to work to as president trump wants to do save america that is the goal i hope he remembers that goal when he makes Enjoy the decisions the that he makes and as always let's go brandon three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com